Welcome to Africa Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. The 2018 Gerald Crack Awards, given to African writers and photographers on the topics of gender, human rights, and sexuality, were awarded this month. Kenyan writer Kiprop Kimutai won the 2018 Gerald Crack Fiction Award for his short story, The Man at the Bridge. We won't spoil the ending of this prize-winning story, which has been put into a published anthology, but let's have writer Kiprop Kimutai tell us what inspired him to write The Man at the Bridge. I draw my stories from different sources. I, I observe my world keenly, and I draw little bits of information that I can utilize in my fiction and in my imagination. So for this particular story, what I had in mind was a man who was conflicted who, with who he was based on his sexuality and him looking for a quick and easy outlet for his desires, but then meeting another person who complicated that, who made it not an easy thing to walk away from. And I think the first thing that I had in mind was a bridge because I think a bridge connects two different spaces. So I think for me, the bridge was metaphorical in the representation of him needing to be in a different space so he's more comfortable in, with himself, but unwilling to make that step because it's going, going to complicate his life and maybe even endanger his life. That's what I wanted. So Kwambai, the main character, he's quite wealthy or at least middle class. Do you think? Yes. That, do you think that this gives him more options than someone who is poor, especially in the context of homosexuality? I think so. And it actually makes him very selfish because he has many advantages. He can live a double life and he can get the privilege of being a straight acting heterosexual man and still at the same time use poorer men for his own, uh, to fulfill his own desires. So, yes, it gives him a lot of privilege and it actually shows how he became very selfish in how he deals with the people in his life, the women, the men the family. Yeah, so definitely I agree with you. Well, it's sad that he's living this double life in a way, although he is, as you said, quite selfish. Um, you know, the drapes are closed. He's at home. What about the deception to his wife? That's You really explore that as well. True, because some marriages are performances and Kwambai's marriage is a performance. He orchestrated it to fulfill uh, societal obligations to fulfill his position in society, a middle-class man with wealth who needs a wife, who needs children. So that kind of idea, he wanted to get to tick those societal checkboxes where as a successful African middle-class man, you're supposed to have a wife, you're supposed to have children. Those are societal obligations expected out of you so that you don't stand across as being an odd human being. So for him... He, he manipulates that very effectively. He knows how to do that performance and at the same time create another space for himself, for his other identities. So it's all about creating, navigating between two worlds, cunningly and deceptively, so that nobody catches him out. Kenya is quite a difficult place for queer people. How do you see the perception of homosexuality in Kenya with society and with the government? In terms of the continent, uh, when we talk about homosexuality and how it's perceived by the government and by the citizenry, 
obviously i can say in general africa is very many nations in africa are homophobic because we inherited this absurd victorian laws that define how africans should behave and the queerness of africans was seen as dangerous and it was something that had to be taken out their progress is yes even in courts because our activists are on the ground litigating and building a case of litigation to amend various laws in the country i remember a specific case odrimbugwa a wonderful activist lady who amended her name in hola academic certificates to reflect that she she is a woman because she had been misidentified as a man growing up and she was able to win that case through a court of law yeah even the the, the recent case where activists went to court saying it's wrong to 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 do forceful anal testing for queer men in Kenya so like the activists are very brave and they're on the ground doing their best to amend absurd and cruel laws but even beyond that because it's not just about winning in court but it's also about winning in the court of public opinion winning in the villages winning in the townships winning in the streets winning in the workplaces there are many ambitious programs that are happening in certain corporate spaces in Kenya where diversity training is done to amend how colleagues see one another and even outside there i think queer people exist and they don't exist shyly they exist boldly there are certain spaces where they've been able to claim and to possess those spaces and to act out their full humanity in those spaces unfortunately obviously many of these spaces are spaces of privilege because uh the more money a queer person might have the chances are that they might find a secluded spot where they are free from the eyes of society and free from the police to to basically hang out with other queer people and um and just be themselves the poorer a queer person is the more their life is endangered because they they can't be seen they, they're not able to to hide and they they don't own enough property or they don't have enough wherewithal to to fully depend on themselves so basically they're depending on the church they're depending on faith based hospitals for the healthcare their tenants in spaces where they have to perform a kind of straightness so that they can fit in so that the landlord doesn't chase them out but many queer people are just standing up boldly proclaiming themselves and proclaiming their lives so i'm happy that they're doing so in the continent and uh africans can go back to just allowing themselves to be who they are as a kenyan man who's written this story um, you you brought up earlier the issue about culture and society and uh, there's a very strong character in this and she only comes into the short story quite briefly but she's very important and that is Kwambai's mom she shows up and and appeals to his sense of family i mean how do you see her in terms of society i, I think in terms of society uh the mother obviously has, she doesn't have as much access as the men in her life so she is downgraded she doesn't have as much dignity as the other men so she lifts herself up through the men in her life particularly her son so the idea is that men are the stronghold of the family it's men who are dependent upon it's men who provide men who take care of their 
extended family who take care of their parents because maybe they have access to better jobs, maybe better education, just because of obviously patriarchy and even in, in terms of inheritance, when it comes to family wealth, most of it is passed to the sons as opposed to the daughters. That's like the general thing going on in Kenya. So the mother believes that a man should be a man, quote-unquote, whatever that means, and a man should uh, have a wife and should have children and should behave as a man should be, you know, like this ultra-macho warrior kind of personality that's expected of men in particular communities in Kenya. She wants to see that I'm not going to believe it, and she wants the son not to believe it as well. Like, let's just stick to what has been the script, how a man should behave. What are you working on, or is there something in process? Yeah, I'm working on my novel. I don't want to say what it's about because I'm very superstitious. <laughs> until it's, I'm going to write a story that's accessible. I don't want my stories to be arrogant. I want my stories to be read by everyone out there and for them to enjoy and to find wonderful companions through my characters. I hope through my characters, my readers can see themselves and they can think deeper and they can feel new empathetic feelings towards one another. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening to Africa Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. What are you reading? Let us know. Write to us at stories in the 55 at rfi.fr. That's stories in the 55 with 55 is numbers at rfi.fr. Goodbye. <laughs>